Welcome back to Geek Out Podcast number three. Um, The last two were a little bit more of, they were kind of like a part one and part two. They were both based off each other. Um, If you remember, they were about uh, bringing culture and diversity into your classroom library and how important it is to expose students to different types of cultures and um, diversity as well in, in what they're reading. But this week we're going to take a little bit of a different route. So another topic I'm super, uh, I guess, passionate and curious to learn more about is uh, generational poverty. And so my question for this week is, what is generational poverty and how does it affect students? So um, just to give a little insight of what generational poverty actually is, because I mean, before coming to Heidelberg, I had no idea what this was or it was even a thing. So according to the Matthews House, Um, Generational poverty is a term to describe a family who has been considered impoverished for two or more generations. Um, Some of the commonalities that these families have um, amongst each other similarities are illiteracy, lack of land ownership, so obviously like they don't have their own house, they're renting, things like that lack of education so they may have dropped out of high school before completing or um, a lot of them do not make it to college if they do graduate Um, it's actually a very big accomplishment if they do graduate high school and lack of job stability so that means like not being able to keep a job and um, maybe possibly job hopping having a bunch of different little jobs things like that so um, with a lot of those commonalities we see many people and dare I say ignorant people, want to throw stereotypes on these type of people that are living in poverty. So um, say the the idea of the lack of job stability. Um, A lot of people want to just say like, um, they can't keep a job, they need to go out and work for their money, things like that. But what they don't understand is how hard this is actually to all of these people that are living in poverty. I mean, if you think about it, there's so many different um, factors that go into having a job. You have to be able to have transportation to get to that job. You have to have the time. You have to have a babysitter if you have a kid. There are so many things that go into being fortunate enough to have a job, which is sad to say because i mean everyone needs to be able to provide for themselves or their families but um we hear a lot of things like i said go out and work for your money or i'm paying for their food um, with like welfare and things like that but these are just ignorant people so i want today to be able to kind of explain what generational poverty is and how you do actually get very trapped in that cycle and how many people can't get out and it's almost impossible to get out of. So um, another thing I do want to keep in mind is that a lot of these people are of a minority group and we already, there are unfortunately a lot of people that stereotype them into this group of poverty and when they already have this target on their back of being a minority group and people being racist and discriminatory, it just makes it even more hard to be able to get out of that cycle. Because I mean, if you're born into something 
and then you are also a minority and people are just constantly coming for your throat at all chances you kind of have that target on your back since you were born and there's nothing you can do about it which is another thing people don't understand so um a little bit about uh like the idea of how this affects students now on this side of things is um neighborhood builders write growing up in poverty hinders a child's emotional cognitive and behavioral development um so things that could hinder these things um, are fewer resources so some of these kids are living without electricity without water without even shelter sometimes they are unfortunately a lot of these poverty ridden areas are um, in areas that have underfunded schools so if you think about it there's a kid that is going to a private school who has robotics class and has their own MacBook and gets to take ballet lessons. And then you have another student that only has one outdated textbook that's falling apart. Their rooms are, there's no air conditioning, there's no smart boards, nothing, it's a chalkboard. So they're already at a disadvantage of how they're learning as well. They have lack of healthy food. Um, there's higher crime rates in these areas. And one of the big things is they have fewer positive role models than other students around them. So I guess the question is, how do these ignorant people that have these stereotypes on this group of people expect these children to succeed when they are already 10 steps behind the other children in their age? Um, I guess the thing with it is too, like, we sit here and we can talk about this and talk about how it's not fair that they go to underfunded schools but I mean these same people that are talking about this don't want to make a difference in these children's lives either so I found a good resource it's called partners in fire that explain poverty in a very understanding manner for anyone who might be listening that still doesn't like fully grasp the concept of poverty they state poverty is the only thing these children know there is no planning for the future. There's only trying to survive day to day. So these children in these houses, in these homes, in these generational poverty cycles, see their parents living day to day. They're not planning anything. They're trying to survive what, they don't know what their next meal is. They don't know if they're making it to school the next day. They don't even know if they'll be able to get to shower. So. Being able to plan a future is not even in their back of their minds. The only thing is, is survival. How are they supposed to get out of these lifestyles when their own parents and guardians can't help them plan what to pack for lunch because they don't have food, but one of their classmates is planning their yearly family vacation. So we look at two different, very opposite sides and it's almost eye-opening to think about even me, before I came to Heidelberg, I didn't even think of these things. I would have considered myself ignorant, but like I never had to plan what I was going to eat or when I was going to shower or where I was going to shower. You know, my family, one, always took care of everything for me and two, never had to worry about that. So according to Columbia University, this is another um, interesting and eye-opening fact, less than one-third of young adults from poor families earn any kind of post-secondary credential. 
This isn't even just talking about college. This is going and getting their certificate to be a manager or trade schools, things like that. And the question is why? Why are they watching how their families go through this and not wanting to better themselves? A lot of these people are asking this question, but what they don't understand is these kids or these kids that are emerging into young adulthood are trying to find a job close to home. They have siblings, younger siblings that they are now in charge of taking care of just as much, you know, with another adult in the household, that means more people being able to go out and get a job, being able to provide for that family. So the cycle continues as this now emerging young adult is getting a job and providing for family from such a young age. Um, Jeffrey Dorfman talks about the negatives of the welfare program because a lot of people think that this is a solution, but in term, it's very, very short term. Um, a lot of people just say, why don't you just go get on government funding and things like that to these people. But what they don't know is that well, the welfare system doesn't train them how to properly go get a job. So they can get off that system so they can get out of this cycle. There's no training on how to be self-sufficient either, which is a very big key that they've never been able to have. If they don't have a positive role model, if they're not seeing that modeled in their homes, then the cycle just continues. I mean, some of these parents of these students watched their parents do it and they watched their parents do it. So without having that training, there's nothing they can do. They, they've never learned a different way. That's what they've lived through. That's what they've been taught by modeling and experiencing. There's also no, um, or there is also requirements that are very unreasonable. You almost have to be so to explain it in easy terms, you have to be very, very low to the point of almost no return before the government will help you instead of the government seeing, hey, this family is starting to slip into that role. Here's some money to help you get out of that. They wait until it's almost too late. And then there are also um, marginalized tax rates when it comes to that um, welfare as well, which kind of means that like these families are getting almost taxed more than people that can pay the taxes because they're taking that government money. So it almost leaves people more trapped after coming out of it than going in. Um, there's a lot more that I could go down each little individual path with this kind of um, this kind of question about generally generational poverty and its effects on students. So I would like to do another podcast about maybe get into more detail of like the students' lives and things like that. But for now, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, if you have any questions or want to know more, please let me know in the comments. Thank you.